Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome back to another edition of underground sports philadelphia it's episode number 408 happy hard and home debut day it's matt and kb coming at you from underground studios we're going to be talking a whole hell of a lot of sixers whole hell of a lot of james harden uh because he might be the second coming of jesus and i'm not talking shuttlesworth uh joel and b tyrese maxey being unbelievable uh you know beneficiaries of james harden plus we'll get into uh rob manfred just killing the sport of baseball but before we get started big thank you to our sponsors main auto llc douche arms pro foot security 21 security systems paul j gillespie incorporated mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of vineland and of course tomahawk shades and kenwood beer go to tomahawkshades.com use promo code usp Summer right around the corner, spring right around the corner. Get your sunglasses on deck. They got the blue light glasses, everything you need for this spring and summer coming right up. Uh, TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP at checkout for 25% off your order. And Kenwood Beer, best drink to have in hand when you're watching James Harden absolutely decimate NBA franchises. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And, of course, remember to follow us on the socials at UndergroundPHI on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where we are 33 followers away, or subscribers, I should say, uh, from full video episodes starting to get uploaded onto the YouTube channel. So be a friend, tell a friend, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream, you know? The James Harden dream is alive and well. Since the last time we had a live Wednesday night show, James Harden has gone absolutely nuclear, setting new records across the board for not only the Sixers franchise, but NBA records. And I think the number one, uh, you know, statistic, fun little tidbit that stands out to me is the fact that Joel Embiid, James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey uh, became the second trio in NBA history to have 176 points or more in their first two games together. The only other trio with more points uh, in NBA history is Wilt Chamberlain, Paul Arizin, and York Larice with 193 points in 1961. Just goes down in the, uh, the docket of all the absurd names we've heard across the sports world in our lives, but... 176 points for those three in their first two games together. All people, because James Harden. People Hard- forget York Larice was a real bucket, you know? He was like, a hooper. forget about that. He knows ball. Um, what a joy James Harden has been. Yeah, it's uh, he certainly delivered on a lot of the, the promise that we had hoped for. Uh, Sixers have looked great. <laughs> 
And as Embiid said, I've never been this open in my life. <laughs> and it's true. You look at the way, the looks that he's had, the way that he's played. Um, it's no coincidence that he's had two great games and it's all been with James Harden uh, running a lot of the plays. And yeah, you watch his playmaking, you watch what he can do. Um, I can't even tell you the last time I saw a Sixer get a four-point play. Um, I think Seth Curry got one. Maybe. In like recent memory, but like, I that's not something when's the like <laughs> it's just it's an insane thing but it's just not something a sixer ever did because yeah. we've never had a player that could just dribble create his own shot and get fouled on a three-point shot and that'd be like our primary ball handler that was just not something that we had so it's kind of like leaving a, a bad relationship and getting like an actual good partner and it's yeah. like all these things that you shouldn't have had to ask for or that you shouldn't have had missing in your life now all of a sudden are there like I shouldn't be thankful that I have that we have a, a a dominant point guard now who can like pass the ball and shoot and dribble. That's just kind of insane. That's kind of, it's kind of insane that now of course James Harden isn't just like any ordinary player. Like he's amazing, but yeah, it's it's just it really it really makes you wonder how different things could have been if uh, if a certain someone maybe had had cared more or if you know you just had a, a different player or you know made some different decisions over the years, but. Yeah, he's uh he's been fantastic. The caveat is that it was against the Timberwolves and the Knicks. Timberwolves are you know okay. Mm -hmm. The Knicks have been uh, one of the Awful. worst teams in basketball, <laughs> so over the last few weeks, so it's hard to say that that's something of note. But still, you know, wins are wins, and I, I think again, you look at like the actual performance of the team. You look at how James has played, and you have to be really really happy about where you're at if you're the Sixers. He's also six three-pointers away from passing Reggie Miller for third all-time in three-pointers made tonight. Well, maybe tonight is the night. Um, I had found a, a number, actually. Uh, Sixers are plus 46 in the in the 53 minutes with James Harden and Embiid on the floor together. Plus 46. That's stupid. <laughs> I know it's the Timberwolves and Knicks, but that's but still. <laughs> that's a stupid number. That's a stupid And he's number. just so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, we thought it was fun before when he was playing, you know, for Oklahoma City back, you know, when he first started his career, then obviously with the Rockets. And, you know, we hated that he played for the Nets. But he is just a joy to watch, and it's, like, elevated that much more because he plays for the Sixers. Yeah. Um, it's just been fantastic. I think the the big part of it, too, is that Maxi has blended in well uh, – too and it, i think he's he's worked really well better than i thought he would as like an off-ball guy mm -hmm. and um like harden has been able to find him in spots and i think again like harden is just so willing to make like these high difficulty passes that uh that we've been missing this entire season you know forget like even years past when we had been right but like just this year we've not had like tyrese is great but you know like he does have a low turnover rate and that's because he doesn't really attempt like those high high difficult and that's fine he didn't have to right like that wasn't necessarily what we're asking to do but it is just like a stark contrast now when you get a guy who's had you know 10 years of experience now um as opposed to you know someone in their sophomore season of course there's going to be a, a chasm there but yeah it's 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 a marked difference now when you look at james and the way this team plays around him and with him especially too if you compare him to what to who he essentially replaced in the mm -hmm. starting lineup which is seth curry like it's just such a night and day, <laughs> you know, and no disrespect to Seth, right. obviously, because he was, he was great while he was here. Like appreciate him a lot, but 
it's just it's just different <laughs> it's a different it's a different class a different tier and um damn <laughs> it feels so nice it feels so nice to be in this spot where you like obviously there's still a lot to play for and still a lot to work through but it's just so much better than where we were. We were in the wilderness and we found like safe harbor, and that's just that's great. Matisse Thibel said uh, after the Knicks game, I think that you know he always felt like a cheat code on 2K growing up, and he's a cheat code now. <laughs> uh, and I think Thibel has even improved his game from James Harden being here because of Harden's passing ability. Yeah, which the best passer on the team coming into this season was Joel Embiid, um, and Thibel in transition has been. It's been such a jump for him over the last two games to kind of just see him move and be able to see the court better because you have one of the best passers in the league sending you in transition to go do what Thibel does best. Yeah, Thibel's been a great cutter too in his entire time in the league. And I mean, those are just, again, like challenging passes to make. And the problem is too is that those passes weren't necessarily always realized because. Again, when you're playing with Ben Simmons, there's an extra guy in the paint because they don't have to worry about him at all. Um, so that you're seeing like a space, you're seeing seeing things open up in ways that they didn't before. So these players that are, are are making those runs that are you know cutting to the rim or that are opening up space for themselves actually are able to get the ball and and are in more favorable positions. And again, it's the reason that Embiid has been so good too because so often he's being put in these just hugely hugely high leverage towards him advantageous situations that's why he's getting 20 something fouls and those none of those fouls were cheap nope. i know that harden has had a tendency in his career to draw f fouls but i didn't see a single one in like that knicks game that was cheap to me like he was getting hard God. fouled fouled out two players that's not uh the amount I, of crybabies oh on God, twitter after that game that were like oh the nba is broken now because look what the league let happen because james harden wanted to get out of brooklyn blah shut the fuck up <laughs> it's unreal right like Listen, like, do I think in the past James Harden would like sell calls and he would do like he would do like the arm thing a lot, mm -hmm. right? Um, and now, yeah, like there's certain frustrating aspects of that. I would challenge anyone who's upset about the foul calls, especially on Embiid, go through and watch every single one of his fouls, and if you could show me like two <laughs> that aren't actual fouls, then congrats to you. But like he just gets because he's massive, and it, especially against the Knicks, especially against the Timberwolves, they don't have a single player that matches up with him with size and athleticism. And it's just, it's natural that when you, when you have that, when you're dealing with that situation, you're going to commit a foul because you're not equipped to, to handle the 7-1 big man with guard skills facing up on you. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, you know, he's getting to the spots that he likes Embiid, which is, is fantastic. It's making life easier for him. He sounds like so excited. Uh, especially at that Timberwolves game, he was so like effusing with praise. Embiid's uh, Instagram caption was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just... The uh, everything feels good. The test is coming up though, right? Because mm -hmm. you have the Cavs this Friday, then the Heat, like you you're in Miami, in Miami on a back to back, right? Like you have like these big games coming up now that are, are going to challenge you. The Nets and, game that number ten is not going to play in, right? So it's just um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to right. I'm looking forward to seeing. The Bulls know, are in there too, but yeah, the for Bulls some reason there. the Sixers have like dominated the Bulls this year, right? <laughs> Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. 
the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. One so of those things. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, I, we'll see what happens in the next game tonight. You expect, now listen, if there's anything we've learned about the Sixers over the years is that the games that you expect to be great, fantastic memories are just like yes. heartbreakers or 17-point losses and or for something. some reason, they suck at home this year. Yeah, that, that's been the weird thing, too, is how bad they've been at home. But um, you expect to get through the Knicks tonight, and then, yeah, you, you have three, three games, four games, really. Uh, but three games against teams that are directly with you at the top of the east and then the nets will certainly pose a challenge kevin durant's returning and um, then the nuggets are in there as well yeah you have the the nuggets to contend with the Cavs again like you have you have a, a tough run coming up for sure but i mean immediately this weekend you're gonna know what this team looks like against you know actual like playoff contenders and i expect that we'll still see this team performing like blisteringly offensively like that's that's been the thing um and I just I can't I can't get over it. I can't get over what a difference it is having James Harden in your life as opposed to not. And the <laughs> amount of people you. still saying, "Oh, James Harden hasn't changed." Like, did you see the the clip from the Athletic with Michelle Beadle? It's just I was like, "What real. are we doing?" I didn't here? watch it because you know what? I just saw like the graphic card. I, I could glean from the replies that it was just like gross, dumb. Here's the thing: I don't know what James Harden did to all these like national analysts that <laughs> upset and hurt them so much, but they're like. They're like scorned exes that are just like refusing. And I think we talked about this off pod. Like, I think they're doing it because James Harden doesn't have an agent to like right. blow the smoke away. Yeah, I th- and not only that, but I, I don't know how many like agents are typically the one like texting these people, these mm-hmm. national analysts, like stories and stuff, like feeding them information and create like favorable relationships. If you don't have someone like that doing for you, then yeah, maybe they're just like, and I, you know, I think like I don't want to absolve James Harden of everything, right? Because on the surface, being on now three different teams in a year and a half, you know what? I think like you can, as a neutral person, you could like scratch your head at that and at least pose the question, right? But I think you're also being like really disingenuous to act like James Harden is some like criminal or that he's like, or that he's this problem either. Like he's, I don't know what it is. He's like branded as this, I don't know, like bad person. I've never gotten that vibe from him. Like sure, like maybe he, Maybe he isn't like the most leader of leaders, right? Like maybe maybe he like could make more responsible decisions in his life. Sure, whatever. But that's also his personal life. Like that has nothing to do with him as a basketball player. And no other basketball player gets criticized for things they do off the court like James Harden does, strangely. But like I don't get the just myopic view of James Harden that we've had from national analysts and how they can watch it. Like I, I've been you know, like reading and listening to what they're saying after seeing, you know, because there's so much question about how they would look together, Harden and Embiid. And the first two games look great. And they're still like bemoaning the, the foul calls. They're still saying like it's ridiculous. Or they're spending, you know, on a 10 minute segment, eight and a half minutes complaining about how James Harden looks completely healthy now and he wasn't healthy with the Nets or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know what? Just, I'm sorry, but you know, I like I, I guess it hurt your feelings, but like you're also paid to like talk about the games, and you can obviously there's there's narratives, and the NBA is beyond just like what's on the court now. Like it's it's a full encompassing product, but like at a certain point, you have to be able to just put that aside and just mm-hmm. men, like just give 
give like actual analysis on the fact that this guy with Embiid is great. And right. it's it's a it's a monstrous, monstrous thing that I think could really I don't know, you have like you can't count out a championship for them this season. You can't count a con- uh, championship for them next season. Like this is a team that is, is gonna be a contender this year. And I think the national analysts need to like just accept that. Yeah. I I'm just fully anticipating Maddie Cord's announcement of James Harden uh and the Wells Fargo Center potentially just crumbling to the ground, uh, which should be happening very, very soon. Um I just, like you said, it, it's one of those things where like it still doesn't feel real that James Harden's here, but when you watch just how much better and how happy everybody on the court is, it is it is night and day compared to what we've dealt with over the past couple of seasons. It's again, it is it is being homeless and finding a stable job at a bar. like it is truly like I'm not kidding like it is yeah. just like such a a night and day difference. To how like I can't express it in enough words. Like it is such a and the crazy thing is is the things that he's doing, like yes, he's obviously been amazing and elite, but like the things that we had begged for <laughs> and begged and pleaded and praised and hoped were like basic things, you know, like shooting a basketball. <laughs> what a concept. From outside of under the rim. You know, like doing those things like that was that's bare minimum stuff that we were asking for that we never got and now we're, we're getting it and we're getting it at an elite level and yes like will this team have hiccups along the way like will they have losses sure right like it's very easy to sit here after two great like opening games and think wow this is amazing right like there's there's going to be issues i'm sure and there's going to be times where like this gets uncomfortable or you know like whatever like we'll see what happens this weekend against more of the, like difficult teams but I don't know how anyone, I don't know how anyone, Sixers fan, national fan, whatever, can like look at this team right now and not think that they are in a just drastically better position. I just, I, if you, if you really can't say that, if you really have to go, well, actually, I think, no, <laughs> like there's, there's no, no well, way, actually. there's no amount of convincing that you can do that, that, that'll make me believe that this team is in a worse position. The only, only sliver of that argument that makes sense and exists that is real is that you you don't have Drummond anymore and the backup center is a question mark and that's it but outside of that James Harden's great like I I don't I don't get the uh the chicken little stuff here it's, Not at it's all. crazy isn't it funny how the uh the adults in the room the past few years have both been named James <laughs> shout out Brett <laughs> um I, I also, you know, speaking of Brett Brown, I think we're on the precipice of a, another silent tournament, Matt, because the backup big man role, there's going to be five of them potentially fighting for uh, that backup role. I don't know if it's officially been announced yet or not, which means this person is not eligible for no. the playoffs, but DeAndre Jordan, uh, there was a, a tweet last night from somebody, I'll have to pull it up here, that all but said, like, he's going to the Sixers. It's bizarre. DeAndre Jordan is not good. Uh, no. There's a reason that he's bounced around a bit, and he's not contributed in any meaningful way to like a good basketball team. So, no, <laughs> I, I don't get it. You know, you have like players on this roster currently that I think like you should be giving some looks towards. The problem is, is like, you know, everyone wants like um, everyone wants like Paul Reed right to like get mm-hmm. these minutes or or, or get like Bassey back in and see what he's got and i don't disagree with that obviously but 
I also th those are not really your options for the playoffs most likely like you do have to find a you know like typically young guys like that just don't function well in the playoffs it's very rare for that to, to work even on a backup level like it's just not something Which i think happens. we were all hoping willie Cauley stein was gonna work out right well so we've we haven't seen i think it's fair to give like paul Millsap the the benefit of the, the benefit of the doubt and see how it works he ha he hasn't he's not looked good which is not shocking because he wasn't good in brooklyn either like he's 37 just, just old right he's just an old old guy that, that just doesn't really have it anymore um yeah i'd like to see more collie stein maybe we'll see that tonight uh he's on a 10 day and you hope that maybe that evolves into something um i'd like to see more of him and yeah i, I wouldn't be against giving like reed and bassy like looks but i do think like collie stein kind of needs to work out like <laughs> it's mm -hmm. uh because deandre jordan is absolutely not the answer i i don't i don't see how that's even if there's an, ever been a move that has screamed Doc Rivers, it's this. Because uh, Jovan Buha, he covers the Lakers um, for the Athletic. He tweeted yesterday, March 1st, Frank Vogel says DeAndre Jordan felt he would have a larger role in Philadelphia and that the Lakers granted him the opportunity, which the Sixers have not officially announced this at all. Which it would be quite funny if that was the case. A, re a reverse of his situation yeah. being locked in. To <laughs> Into his home. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah, DeAndre Jordan does not move the needle at all, even uh, a millimeter for me. <laughs> might actually move it backward. <laughs> might actually be like a real negative to DeAndre Jordan on your team. Did you uh, did you see Willie Cauley Stein might have a Sixers tattoo already? No, I did not. But good for uh, him. Spike Eskin pointed this out. He, it's like behind his ear, um, and it's like a seventy six in a triangle. He would he would mess up the uh, the the lowest tattooed team in the league <laughs> that's very I, I true. will say that like he's got enough for everyone um so that would be that would be the most Here interesting thing i don't know i maybe that's the sixers thing but um that could be anything I yeah think. it seems old too yeah maybe he was a sixers fan who knows but uh also I love the it. eye tattoo there yeah good for willie Cauley stein um but yeah i think he was the guy that like a lot of people thought we're like, okay, this will be the backup big man, and, and we'll see, you know, what Paul Reed and, and Charles Bassey do. And, you know, the buyout market, you kind of hope to get, like, another, you know, backup point guard or something like that. And you kind of work out these 10 days like we've done over the past couple of years and see if any of them stick. Yeah, it's – um, man, <laughs> the buyout market this year was not, <sighs> we're not kind to anyone. And, um, you know, again, though, like – I think we said this last time that you you really shouldn't be counting on the buyout market anyway like if you're if that's your salvation you're already lost mm -hmm. you know like but it would have been nice if, if it just so happened that a big man came available it, it didn't that's fine you know we'll move on um i do worry about like what that could mean for the playoffs because we've seen doc still insisting on this dumb all bench lineup still uh admittedly less i, I think than we had seen before but um i don't i don't know what what it's going to take i electroshock therapy or like mind alteration like brain scrubbing or something like what it's going to take for him to understand that like all bench lineups make just no sense especially with the team that you have now it's just a it's just a bad bad call <laughs> and i, I which he, not looking forward to he that. went away from it in the minnesota game right. where it was kind of you know alternating harden and beat on the court but you still had other starters out there which we haven't been able to do ever right um but yeah, I mean, you just you just need to figure out those those couple of positions. I think I I like Matisse Thybul starting over the past couple of games too. I think that's been 
uh, really working well with James Harden there. And then you just have Danny Green if you need him rather than kind of killing Matisse's confidence by having him come off the bench. And then if it stops working, you know, you don't uh, you don't want to do that for him in a, a situation where, you know, he was almost traded right here. So I, I do like Matisse Thibel being in the starting lineup right now. Yeah, Matisse is like giving uh, giving good options, especially like defensively too. I think you need a lot of what Matisse gives you. Uh, we, <laughs> we, got, we, got we have we have Matty here. Court here. James Harden going to celebrate by also going for 100? <laughs> How fucking insane would that be? I mean, that's like one of those things that has never happened. I don't right. think we'll ever see 100. Uh-oh, copyright. Copyright. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're talking over. It's commentary. It's commentary. Um, <laughs> this, is under, this falls under fair use. Um, I, uh, I don't think we'll ever see 100 in our life. No. It's just not. I think 81 by Kobe is the closest we'll ever get. Yep. That and I think we'll never see the uh, the fifty six game hit streak broken. Yeah, well, I mean, people certainly, come, not, certainly not this not anytime season, right? soon. <laughs> people will come close, but I I just don't think it's too hard to sustain. Like yeah. it's just it's yeah. It's, both of those things I think are very like antiquated records. Mm-hmm. Like pace of play and also like the ability for like just one very dominant player to take over a game and get a hundred points is just not there anymore. Like it's just if you even think of what it would take to get to a hundred. It would have to be a close game, like because you know, like no one good enough to score a hundred is also playing like forty five minutes right. in a game unless you know, like they have to, right? Like, so it'd have to have a game of, of meaning and that's like actually close. But you know, like you scored a hundred points, so they get you're <laughs> averaging twenty five points a quarter. You're gonna need like two of like the best offensive performances on both teams for that to happen, yeah. and it'd have to be like microwave scoring. Right. Like someone would have to have like sixty at halftime for it to be reasonable. There it is. Wow. What a life. To get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know what I always I always think about at the Sixers games too? Those flame cannons are fucking hot. Right? <laughs> like you think about it. But those things like I cause you know, we've we've gone to games together and yeah. I've I've sat like I've in, sat near them. I've sat in like every single section you can sit at this point. Um you still feel it if you're in like the nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that heat hits you. I re- like I remember when we went to Sixers Raptors in the playoffs and like that heat like flew up to yeah. the the mezzanine. You feel that. It's, it's it a was little brutal. Dangerous. <laughs>
God damn. James uh, Harden, you are a Philadelphia 76er. Uh, I feel like now it's truly official because Matty Cordes said the name. Yeah. Feels right. Great introduction there. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way that things are, are looking, the Sixers are in a, a real prime position now, especially if they can take care of business across the board the next couple of games against some of these contending teams that we mentioned earlier on the schedule. You know, you're three games out of first place in the East, but you're only a game behind the Bulls and you play them again in the next couple of days. So, um, you know, a couple big games here over the next week or so that could really switch up the standings in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, um, especially like within the top top four, you expect like shift the Cavaliers. They're kind of hanging around. Kind of hanging around. You know, they have some injury issues too, which is affecting yeah. them. Celtics have been playing a lot better. Uh, Raptors have been good. Nets, now that I have Durant back too, with it, you know, you're going to see f- some improvement from them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think you'll see some jockeying, but especially in like the top four between the Heat, Bulls, Sixers, and, and Bucks, I think you could see some movement. Um, obviously you hope that it's, I mean, it's going to get interesting because I mean, you're going to have a similar situation last year where I think there's going to be a more favorable bracket to be on. There's going to be no easy matchup. I wouldn't say in the East this year, like, I I don't think it's going to be like last year for the Sixers. We get the wizards, you know, kind of a walkover in the first round. And then what should have been, (laughs) but in all honesty, you know, like the Hawks were the most favorable matchup at Mm -hmm. that point. Obviously the Sixers don't get past them, but you know, I don't, you you're not going to have quite that, but you're going to have, I think, a much more daunting side yeah. and a, a potentially in a, in a much more favorable, at least like, all right, you can at least get to the second round and, and, and worry about that matchup rather than have two very difficult, you know, it's, it's not inconceivable right now that you could have to face like the Nets and then the Bucks, <laughs> it, you know, and that's your first two rounds of the playoffs. Like yeah. that's tough. That's, that's tough for any team. So that, that's going to be a challenge um, seeing where the Sixers end up, hopefully on, on a more favorable side. Uh, you know, there is no favorable side in baseball. That's for damn sure. Yep. Rob Manfred. Just... Well, there is. There's <laughs> there's a side that everyone should be on, but yeah. strangely isn't. But And uh, the one person who's not on that side is the guy who oversees the sport because he just continues to love killing the sport that he oversees. I mean, when you have Mike Trout coming out today with a statement on his social media platforms uh, that he's on, you know you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's biting criticism from Mike Trout. Like, he, like that statement was Name like, dropped. Yeah. Like, that's not something Mike Trout does. Like, he's a very low-key individual, um, and he's like, you know, the face of baseball. <laughs> and he's coming. I, it's tough because... Obviously now, like the, f- the opening weekend essentially is canned, and then it doesn't seem likely. I mean, I even thought that if they came to an agreement yesterday, that it would have been a stretch to get to opening weekend. Mm-hmm. I guess like feasibly they could have done it, but I I don't know where the season goes from here because the the players and and the owners don't seem any closer. I was actually reading an article on that. Apparently, the uh, local TV deals don't like there's something with the money where uh, up until may 1st like they don't have like the there's no like penalty essentially uh for not like broadcasting games where the owners will then have to maybe cough up more money or lose revenue or whatever um so they seem content right now to just can i just say i hate i i hate that i do this to myself 
but I so often read the Twitter replies on like you know, stuff about the union negotiations and stuff about what the players are asking for. And it just blows my mind that people that just don't get it, mm-hmm. the people that just don't get it, that are like, well, I can't do that at my office shop. You're right. You can't. And I, I don't mean to be rude here, but that's because you're not in the point oh 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 one percent of your, your job. And also, by the way, you should unionize and you should fight for more at your job. Number one. Number two, the players are the product yes. at your job. Like factually, unless you are, again, very expert in your field, you are replaceable. The players are not it, like you cannot take all. How, how many players in the in Major League Baseball? Like hundreds. Yeah. Let's just say thousands almost. Yeah. Like through the whole system. Yeah. You you can't just like not have those players because guess what? People won't watch it because it won't be good. They are the product and contractually, legally, and morally, they are owed half of the revenue (laughs) and really it should be more, but that's, that's it. Like that's the deal. And baseball has progressed forward and forward profit wise, money-making wise, and the players want their fair share of that. And they want things to be better for them because the last four years, their salaries have decreased while the profits have increased by 41 billion dollars yeah so this is there was a there was an article by jeff passion who um who's been great in his coverage by the way um in 2021 forbes estimated that 30 mlb teams were worth a combined 55.28 billion 10 years ago only two collective bargaining agreements earlier their combined valuations were 15.68 billion that's a fucking insane jump that's an, that's an insane, insane jump. And I, I think, too, I don't want to say that this is all due to the education system in America, but I, I really think people don't know how to count and don't understand when they say, oh, it's millionaires fighting with billionaires. Okay, so you're going to choose the billionaire side? First of all, stupid. <laughs> Second of all, I don't think people quite realize how many millions it takes to get to a billion. Mm-hmm. And that these owners are not just one billionaires. These are like... 7, 8, 10, 11, 15 billionaires. Like, they have more wealth than you could, that you literally can comprehend. You cannot even wrap your mind around the amount of money that these people have. And it means nothing to them. It means absolutely nothing to them. And they didn't get it through working hard. They got it through exploiting labor, which is what they're trying to do now mm-hmm. to the players. Like, it's, it's unbelievable to me that we can sit here in 2022 and still like have to have this dumb conversation there's a great quote that uh i I don't remember who it's described to but it was like if there was a monkey that hoarded all the bananas while other monkeys starved the scientists would be wondering what's wrong with that monkey and we just put them on the cover of forbes and said congratulations like the, the the amount of wealth hoarding that happens in this country and that people are just okay with it it's just insane no one needs $10 billion. Again, $10 billion. You could not spend that money even if you wanted to. Like, there's, there's nothing you could even get. And these guys are just raking money over and over. And that's before you even get into the fact that this is going to affect people that work at the ballparks, right? That, that work in the parking lots. The local businesses that probably depend, you know, like the, ro- the restaurants, the bars, the, the districts that some of these stadiums are in. It's all the subways, the subways. Yeah. Like it's just, and what's even more annoying is these billionaire owners will in like 10 years 
wherever you live, will ask you, the taxpayer, to, to buy a new stadium. So to buy a new stadium or pay the five hundred million dollars for renovations on the stadium. There's 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 cities now that built stadiums fifty years ago and are still paying the bill for it. Mm-hmm. That's insane. <laughs> like these people n- these people are not on your side. They're not the common man. They have no clue what it's like to work for anything a day in their life. They've made their living off of exploiting people. That is it. And they're trying to do it again. And I get that it can be hard sometimes to, to look at like the, the baseball players and see the wealth that they've amassed as well and, and like feel relatable to them. But again, the major money earners aren't even the norm. It's, like, it's what, 70% of players made below, Yep. Uh, like they made $700,000 last year, yes. which is, don't get me wrong, a lot of money. A lot of money. Like that is, but guess what? They are worth that money. And I would reckon 40% of that 70% are the stars of baseball mm-hmm. because the times of service are so screwed and, <laughs> and arbitration is, is such a high leverage against the players yep. that these guys can't even get paid till they're like 30. And then fans get mad when they move because <laughs> the, the owner doesn't want to pay them. What, the Pirates had $50 million in payroll last year? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. Scherzer brought up, like, you know the system screwed when the San Diego Padres have a higher payroll than the New York Yankees. Like, the the whole system with baseball has been screwed for a very long time. And it was Ken Rosenthal uh, who said local television contracts don't call for rebates from teams until roughly 25 games are lost. Uh, that plays into the owner's ability to hold out, as does the general fact that their wealth considerably outpaces that of the players. In cold weather states, April's relatively a poorly attended month anyhow, at least after the early rush uh, of the opening series. You know what I, I also... It's not even just like people in replies that are like being weird about the players having wealth. There was an AP report talking about this and they were listing what cars the players drove up into it's like how first of all how tone deaf how tone deaf how stupid what what how many private jets did the billionaires take right (laughs) to get how many helicopters landed on a helipad like you know what i don't i don't care that max scherzer drives a rolls royce because guess what he's earned Earned that (laughs) it's it's literally like that's what that's what they've bargained to do. I, I I just I don't see how people can't be on the player's side here. And I, I I it sucks, right? Because there's no there's 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 not like a good solution in this exact moment, right? Because the, the owners are it's so hard to get them to agree to losing any power or any money, right? Because that's the nature of these people. They are greedy, awful, less than human people. Shouldn't forget that. But like the risk is that you lose a season of baseball. Which is like deeply damaging, because you baseball, almost did that two years ago. Baseball's already in a not good spot. No. We all know the traditional big four sports, and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me. Dom Ponteri and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network.
and I I don't know what like a lost season even right now as it stands if you if you're not playing baseball games to like middle of May I don't know I don't know what that does because you have listen there's so many different sports <laughs> there are so many different avenues of entertainment now I would say that baseball is already like behind in like the younger demographics and if you if you don't even have the product playing man you're like you're just in way behind where you need to be so i hope the season doesn't get lost but i i hope that i don't want that to come at the cost either of the players like making concessions that aren't because they have to think long term too because the more power you give up in this negotiation now the less power you have walking into the next one you have to constantly be thinking of in five years when we sit down again you know we don't want to have moved ourselves back to like steps you know, like ideally you want to be moving forward, but mm-hmm. you, you definitely don't want to be giving up ground. And that's, it's just, it's insane to me. And let's not forget when, and if this lockout ends, you're going to have to have the ramp up period for right. the guys on rosters. And there's about like 45% of players that are unsigned because the lockout happened December 1st. Free agency was the quickest, like mad dash to the, the, the booth ever. Right. Like, there are still some notable big names, and just to name a few that have been connected to the Phillies, Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, like, big names in the sport don't have homes when this lockout ends. Yeah, well, it's funny because Chris Bryant was named in the uh, the article about how they absolutely destroyed him with his uh, t- uh, time mm-hmm. of service that you need to have 172 days. He was on roster for 171 and still lost arbitration. It sucks, man. I, I, it, it, it hurts because you see this and it's like, this just happens everywhere. Yep. <laughs> like these billionaires got this money or really their like grandparents got this money in like 80% of the cases. Tell me, tell me what the Steinbrenner children worked for. <laughs> Nothing. I want someone to look me in the eyes and tell me the Steinbrenner offspring. Look right in our backyard. What did Stol- what did, uh, Middleton work for? Nothing. They just handed to them. Like, that's what I don't get. It's just, I don't know how anyone can look at these cretins and be on their side. It's unbelievable to me. It's absolutely unbelievable to me. Noah Syndergaard has been one of the best tweeters to follow along with during this. He tweeted uh, on February 28th, he quote tweeted Evan uh, Drellich's, uh, you know, video of the commissioner walking back and forth saying, we're working at it. He said, bet if you cut off their paychecks until baseball resumes, deal gets done tomorrow. It's true. And the fact that Manfred during his uh, press conference oh my God. was smiling. So bad. What a sicko. <laughs> so bad. Like, worst. Like, he makes Gary Bettman look like Mickey Mouse. It's, it's, it's awful. It's so bad. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know when we get baseball, which sucks. But you know what? You got to I, – I, I'm putting out a plea to just, like, Show some solidarity. I know that we're not in the same tax bracket as these millionaire baseball people. I'm not, like, deluding myself. But you know what? Like, any any which way that we can show that billionaires don't just get everything they want. Like, these people have never been told no in their life. And you know what? It's it's only right that the players, which I can't stress enough, are the product. If the players did not exist, people would not be going in droves to see them. They wouldn't. You wouldn't have concession stands. You wouldn't have attendance records if if you didn't have good players playing yep. a sport. They they ultimately are there to entertain, 
to to excite people and if those people playing the game aren't talented aren't good at what they do then people aren't going to show up and then the sport means nothing so good luck uh it's also pretty bad when you have bryce harper on his instagram posting <laughs> yeah. a picture Photoshop of him in a <laughs> yomi yuri giants jersey i buy one you have uh you have scott boris's number give him a call and everybody freaking out it's like don't tell me you wouldn't try to find some sort of stream to watch bryce harper mash baseballs in japan because you every single baseball sicko would um so i mean who knows when we get baseball again but at least matt we were talking about this before uh we started recording at least we'll have survivor so we're a week out from yeah. season 42 of survivor and it, it feels like it just ended but it also feels like it's been forever again since we've had uh you know a season of survivor but i'm excited for our favorite pastime to be back me too it's uh it snuck up on me that's for sure February flew by very quickly. Yes. Now we're, now we're in the throes of March. I'm happy to like familiarize myself with like college basketball, and <laughs> now now it's like back to Survivor as well. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, we have Selection Sunday in two weeks, uh, yeah. give or take there. Um, but Survivor season 42. I figure we just look at our cast again, kind of get a, a good look and and try to figure out who we're gonna be, you know, riding with. Uh, so we'll start with uh, picture number one here. That's Jonathan Young. Looks like Stephen Adams, like younger brother. Yes. Uh, he broke the Guinness World Record for most pull-ups with a hundred pounds on his back. Okay. His pet peeve is wearing a shirt. <laughs> people who bully others, and when people are disrespectful, respect. Something we would never know from looking at him. He can sing an amazing rendition of "Part of Your World" from the Little Mermaid. plays like Ozzy and then his reason for why he thinks he can be the sole survivor is my athleticism will help me greatly in in challenges my wit and charm will help me outside of the challenges I'm very strong-willed and determined I will not give up on anything okay respect Jonathan I'm gonna say this is Maria Sharon stay-at-home mom back-to-back on those yeah Her pet peeves. When someone has a big old snuffleupagus sneeze and doesn't cover their nose. Oh my. That and is, mean people. I mean this in, in a nice way. That is like the most mom sentence <laughs> I've ever heard. You know how parents just like have like words like that? Like snuffleupagus? Which every parent has probably said at one point. But like that is such a parent sentence. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. Oh man. Jesus that's heavy that's (laughs) crazy wow she said she plays like angelina and tony good mix uh her greatest asset is her emotional intelligence and ability to accurately read people moms always know tell you that they do Mom's always a uh, Romeo is dressed like Santa Claus. <laughs> Romeo, which I just Escobar. can't get out of my head at all. A pageant coach. Okay, respect. He's a bit impatient. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> people who don't know how to read a room. Getting uh. Getting some vibes off that. 
I'm a small man. <laughs> I hate losing or being wrong. I always want to have the right answer and win everything I do. Oh, I respect that that drive, but that could get you in some trouble. He wants to achieve great survivor historical moments like Sandra, Sari, Parvati, Rupert, and Rob. I want to be remembered. Okay, respect, but it is giving me a little Deshaun vibes, yeah. right? Where Desha- but even Deshaun said, ticked up a little more. Deshaun said, I hate, and I mean loathe, loathe. when people tell me what to do. It's like, <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Tori Meehan. Okay, she's a therapist CrossFit. in the CrossFit. So we know she's going to be, she's quirky, warm, and self-aware. Okay. Pet peeve is when people lack self-awareness, are emotionally reactive, immature, or petty. Okay. Graduated debt-free. She competed in pageants by earning academic scholarships. Good for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Mm. Uh. oh, okay, yep. <laughs> I see that. She went to the Church of Coach, it seems. Um, okay, but her, she wants to be Kim Spradlin, which is great. That is one of your favorites ever. That's who you're aspiring to be. I can respect that. Also the neighbor of uh, our intern, Brittany. (laughs) Respect. (laughs) Kim Spradlin, great person. I should give a lot for why she believes she's going to. I'm not reading all that. Congrats or I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Good luck. But you know what? Interested to see. I, I I respect it. Jackson. Jackson Fox from Texas. He's a healthcare worker. Favorite hobbies, puzzling, weightlifting, and dog walking. This guy's winning. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a combination of Tony, Russell Hance, and Rupert. Yeah, good to see it. Pit peeps, unorganized, no schedules, and people who don't get to the point. Mm, Maybe he's not winning, actually. (laughs) Started and ran his own company. That was a Russell Hance Hance thread for you. And he's from Texas. It wasn't... uh... The old Russ, what is something we would never know from looking? It used to be a girl covered in tattoos. I'm a big softy when it comes to animals. I'm a collector of herd or abandoned animals. Respect. Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. You it's more already no. I think that's how it always we went, goes. Like, like forty-five like, minutes, and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I am Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back.
I like the deep cut with Elaine. What season was that? That was... That was like in the recent seasons. Yeah. I believe it would be mentally, physically, emotionally, and socially the hardest thing I'll ever tend to do. Okay, respect. All right, Jackson. Great name. Jackson Fox. Chanel from Connecticut. An executive recruiter. recruiter. Slow walkers. Competitive. <laughs> I was going to say, because she lives in New York, there's, and then the next line yeah. is, it's the New Yorker and me. I, I understand. I hate slow walkers, too. I'm good at crunching numbers in my head. Okay. Okay. Like that, that. Is, that is going to be put on <laughs> like full that. display if you're good at puzzles or not. Well, that, that could also help with, like, um, we've seen people... She's like an executive recruiter. We've seen people in like the the higher echelon of business be very good at Survivor and also fail deeply at yeah. Survivor. Very much depends on. She also wants to play at Kim Spradlin, which is great, but very much depends on like your emotional intelligence as well. It's like one thing to be smart and understand maybe mm -hmm. like game theory and stuff, or understand like percentages and and things like that. But actually being able to like read a room is way more important, I would say. Omar. Omar. Another Canadian oh, player. Oh, great. Because <laughs> this guy's winning, huh? <laughs> He's a vet. Good for him. His hobbies, though. Yeah. Tra training animals, settlers of Catan, and watching TV. Silly, empathetic, shameless. <laughs> People who <laughs> complain about the cost of vet care. It's a very niche pet peeve, I would say. <laughs> Feeding seeds to parrots. Jim Grunters. have gelatin. When people talk Oh, you know what? I bet he's vegan. Joey from Friends. The fact that mini wheats have gelatin. Because that, that would be something that would piss you off. Because gelatin's in the most random stuff. And maybe he used to like mini wheats. When people talk bad about pigeons. Pigeons are cute, man. <laughs> should, we should stop bait on pigeons. I agree. Jesus. Exotic animal specialist. lot there's a lot, there's a lot faith. i will say this and i don't mean this in a mean way but there's just there's some baggage on this season yes. there's some people with some tough <laughs> tough losses in life so wants to play like rob uh sister nino good just don't just hope it is in the season where uh men are separated from women should be good <laughs> rob has a podcast <laughs> okay swati youngest player so far yeah from california ivy league Powell student Alto. respect stanford is that a, I don't know if they're Ivy League or not. They aren't, are they? Maybe she doesn't go to college in uh, Cali. People have big dreams but don't work hard. People are emotionally manipulative or people try to control me or tell me how to live my life. I mean, those are reasonable pet peeves. Hard to really argue with any of those. Uh, she's a black belt. Oh, it's jujitsu. Just kidding. What? <laughs> I don't want my insecurities guard. to feed in other people, so I try to be as real as possible. Probably nothing. I'm very open and honest. They say oh, the God. game for you then. Oh, who's your oh, hero? Like, Elon oh. Musk. No! <laughs> First boot. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, building something like Tesla, which is uber successful and also boon to the environment, is my dream. Yeah, 50,000 Teslas uh, recalled because they don't work properly. But sure. They're just driving on our roads and still very much in beta testing. That's cool. They just crash into shit and explode, but cool you're young <laughs> I will, naive i'll give you the benefit of the doubt 
cross between Victoria Bomonde and Chaos Cass. All right. Do you, girl? Do you? Do you, Swati? Looking forward to it. What do we got? I'm gonna say hi. Yeah, hi Jiang. He's Vietnamese. Also, a data scientist. Yeah. Okay. Aggressive, astute, and audacious. Three words to describe you. He uh, hates judgmental people. Looking down on someone for their lifestyle choices because they're not the same choices you make is so stupid. I hate patronizing people who talk down to others. Oh, and I hate when people wear shoes in my ass. All <laughs> you know what? Respect. Valid. Get it. Uh, first person in his family to go to college and graduate. Bought his first home at 24. The youngest associate director of analytics at my company by age 27. Getting Xander vibes mm -hmm. off of some of this. <laughs> um, good for him. His mother is his hero. That's awesome. Jesus. Yeah. Very tough. Some of the backstories are just tough. Whew. He wants to say Parvati is who he wants his game to be most like. Not hot nor charming. <laughs> I, I, I'd say he's attractive. Yeah. You know. Similar but to Aubrey, he says. I don't know. It's There are not many Parvati's in the world. No. I'll also say that. So, Lindsay. New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Asbury Park. Respect. Hit the, hit the stone pony for us, please. Bar A. Go ahead, flag football in the sand at Barre by the shore. Interior decorating for the holidays. Any high intensity or high adrenaline activity, snowboarding, paintballing, skydiving. Wake surfing. Wake surfing. Three words describe you loud. Oh, boy. <laughs> a New Jersey girl that's loud. Never heard of her. <laughs> Color me shocked. I'm a good person, but I definitely do not mesh with everyone. Oh, I'll boy. say this. New Jersey girls have a pretty Very good successful. survivor. <laughs> <laughs> like... If you're a girl from New Jersey, you actually like pretty good track record. I hate slow and quiet talkers. Spit it out and speak up. This is why New Jersey is my homeland and the only place people understand me. We are all cut from the same cloth. Very true. Uh, she played tackle football. She must be like Lauren Beck. Very self-aware. I think she did a great job assessing everyone else's strengths and weaknesses. Respect. I love it. I'm I'm team I'm team uh, Lindsay. We always we love we love a New Jersey and as the New Jersey okay. official account tweeted, shout out to the Jersey girls. Mike Turner <laughs> from Hoboken, no joking. <laughs> Retired firefighter. Hoboken is also strangely yeah. popped up a ton in Survivor. Wendell I think lives in Hoboken now. Yeah, and he's from Philly. Um, I know. God, there's a few. There's that a it, few that it like have ended it's up. Natalie, in Hoboken. Natalie, I think lives in Hoboken. Her sister. Um, yeah, there's, Michelle also yeah. lives in Hoboken. That's weird. T doesn't Tony live? I think Tony's North Jersey. I, I want to say he's like Jersey City, something like that. But for some reason, I'm also thinking Hoboken maybe. with him. <laughs> it's just funny. It's funny. Yeah, loyal, loud, fair. That peeve. is <laughs> pet peeve is great. Pet peeves, people ripping open cereal boxes and leaving them open, people who are late. I have a sense that he has maybe children that, uh, <laughs> that go into the cereal boxes like animals. Something we would never know from looking at you. I'm sensitive. I care. I get my feelings hurt. I'm smart. At least I think so. My heart hurts for the less fortunate. I love learning. I'm a straight arrow. Respect. Let's play like Boston Rob. Not sure it will work out that way. All right, Mike. 
You're, you're also I'm all, I'm also on team Mike now. Mike Turner. The, re, the retired firefighters and That's the firefighters true. do well on. Yeah, fire, I was gonna too. say fire. Jeremy. It, it's like a it's like a Venn diagram yeah. of things. Like if you're from New Jersey, New Jersey, in like emergency response services, you're in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> what Tom was a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Jeremy was a firefighter. Uh, Tony was a cop. Jeremy's wife when she played. Yeah. There's firefighters. Doing pretty well for themselves. They make it work. Lydia Meredith, she's 22, from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Currently lives in Santa Monica. Pet peeve is when people waste my time. She's terrified of vacuum cleaners. Ed Ferris wheels. Respect. Like she shares that with my cat. He also doesn't like vacuum cleaners. Kristen Wiig is her hero. Let's play like Tom. Oh, interesting. We were just talking about Tom. Also, Sari. Maybe he'll look a little crazy like Debbie. You know what? I respect someone that's willing to bring a little Debbie crazy to the game. I, I also I am enjoying like the Hawaiian shirt vibe. Hawaiian shirt vibe is, is a good choice. She understood the assignment. Lydia did. Here's Rocks the guy, Roxroy from Brooklyn. Currently lives in Las Vegas. Stay at home dad. Okay. Drivers who don't use their turn signal. Someone who thinks they know everything. Environmental scientist. Big golf guy. Big golf guy. Okay. Must be like Johnny Cochran. Okay. Yeah, I like that he put he understood his weaknesses the second time around. <laughs> First time around for John Cochran yeah. was not um not enviable gameplay. I wouldn't say. I'd say that was. Call them except when driving. I respect that a lot. <laughs> it's gonna. It's hard to read these guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting any, not getting much out of this. Jenny Kim. Jenny Kim, from New York, lives in New York. A creative director. Direct, open, and compassionate. She hates arrogant people and those with a sense of entitlement. Okay, Jenny. I love that. Respect. She wants to play like Kelly Wentworth. Okay. She knows how to weld and build furniture out of metal. Like Wendell. When, that's like Wendell's career now. Yeah. Right? He like does that like, and he's like on furniture. like, he has like an HGTV show. It's good for Wendell. Good for Wendell. Leveraging the situation. All right, Jenny. Looking forward to it. Daniel. Daniel Strunk. Strunk. From, from the Queen City, Cincinnati, baby. He's a law clerk. Loves Legos. Good. Nice. Survivor fan. He put it in his favorite hobbies. So there we go. There's our, there's our, uh, there's our prerequisite survivor nerd. I collect signed pocket U.S. constitutions. Among others, I have one signed by Chief Justice Roberts, Justice Thomas, Justice Alito, Justice Sotomayor, and the former U.S. ambassador to Estonia. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know what? That's something only a law clerk would do, you know. Uh, George Washington and his hero uh, for being one of the few to ever resist power of that magnitude. Roddy Emmons for putting his life on the line to do what was right. <laughs> the most natural way is to embrace my inner goofy like Fabio. Yes. <laughs> I would model my game after our Yule and Todd. Todd is a winner that we don't hear enough about. Shout out to Todd, man. Yes. 
Poor Amanda. Back-to-back finals <laughs> on back-to-back seasons. Oh. Couldn't get the job done. That's tough. Amanda's the, the Buffalo Bills of Survivor. Yes. <laughs> it's real hard. No one circles the wagons like Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> really tough. All right. Uh, he's a cancer survivor, too. Hey. Shout out Daniel Strunk. Marianne. Another Canadian Another resident. Canadian. Okay, this is just like, a, again, a prerequisite now. we got to have Canadians on the show. That's fine. I just want to know. I want to be prepared. Okay. She's a great listener. Is that something I wouldn't know from looking at her? I don't know. But now I know it. Just because I talk a lot does not mean I'm not listening. All right. Mom's born in Kenya. Davey. Okay, wow. What deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> Dave is someone that had loyalty to many people, had strong core lines, and was social. Not only that, was he able to find idols and win challenges, play idols critically for this game. Fair enough. Davey, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not someone I would have thought of, no. but you know what? If that's, if that's the way you want to play your game, respect. Zach. Wurtenberger. Isn't that a restaurant in Texas? What a burger. <laughs> People who don't tip, I used to deliver pizza, so it's a pretty big deal for me. My biggest one is when the bill's like nineteen ninety five and the customer handed me a twenty smiling and said, Keep the change. Oh really? I get to keep your nickel? Wow, thank you so much. That's his biggest pet peeve. Love it. That's a great pet peeve. A lot of respect for there. Okay, he's a debate champion. So someone that you know, makes it to the final final three, maybe understands how to win an argument that's good wrote a he spring comedy to, show he wants to also play like todd what a lot of todd stuff man non-family heroes ethan cool yeah gotta respect the ethan shout out ethan's a great guy i think there is one more drea from San Antonio, lives in Canada, Montreal. She's a fitness consultant. She's resilient, ambitious, and caring. Her peppy is dishonest people. Becoming an all-American track runner. She's a runner. She's a track star. Uh, I will say this. Track runners, not a great Not record. great. Not a great. I mean, there's been Olympic track runners that have not, uh, not quite done it. So that's a little worrying. A little worrying, I have to say. Kelly Wentworth also. Okay, respect. It's just Kelly Wentworth, not that she's a bad player, but gets a lot of love off of Cambodia. Because I remember when I was, um, I binged the entire series. When I saw her in Blood vs. Water, I was like, not that there was nothing remarkable about her, but I was like, why? People seem very, like, pro Kelly Wentworth. Yeah. And there wasn't much in that original season. But then, yeah, in Cambodia, she has, like, you know, one of the greatest, probably the greatest, actually, uh, like blindside ever mm-hmm. and it's like the whole reason people split votes now <laughs> like to avoid doing what kelly wentworth did like kind of crazy so how do we feel going into uh, uh i'm rolling with the with the jersey crew was that Lindsay and mike yeah yep i'm also kind of digging jackson yeah jackson's not a bad pick but uh for me Lindsay and mike yeah hitching my wagons to the jersey crew um i'm playing the numbers game and i will say this just new jersey yes. people have a tendency to, to and I mean, if we wanted to game. narrow it down to Mike being Jersey and firefighter, I know. But Lindsay is is 
girl from New Jersey. True. Which is also historically done well. So the balance is there. If you're a firefighter from the Northeast, because Jeremy was Boston. <laughs> yeah. And Tom was, I believe, also, I think he was Northeast too, right? He had like kind uh, of an accent. I, I go to say he's Boston too. Am I crazy or New York? Tom is. Yeah, New York. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. Something, something about the Northeast, baby. I would actually like that's. I'm actually gonna look into that for next week and see geographically, because I just I feel like New Jersey's got it, man. Got a lot of good people coming Let's out see. of here. What's what state or what region has produced the most uh, survivors and survivor winners? Old Reddit thread. Three. Also originally from New Jersey. Huh. Considering only four players have come from Iowa, it's impressive they only have two winners Denise and Sarah. Natalie, Tony, Michelle. Okay, this is a full list of New Jersey survivors. Jervis, yeah. and then he moved to Philly. Mia, Judd. <laughs> Judd was amazing. <laughs> What's the, um, they don't have, uh, Stephanie on there. Stephanie is from New Jersey, too. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because it's Stephanie and Judd that, like, bonded over yeah. like, being from the same area. Like, um, Michelle, Will, Ryan and Chrissy, Dez, Chelsea. Shout out New Jersey, man. Looking forward to Survivor. Dean. Gonna be nice to have that back. Excited. I'm excited. They said this season's gonna be kinda similar to last year, but a little bit different too. I'm um, I'm wondering how some of the uh the advantages and stuff, which yeah. I think benefited from having a good cast, maybe if this you know. There's quite a bit to live up to because I think for a new season, like a new, um, like a new cast, last season was very good and very strong. So this one has a lot to live up to in that respect. Yeah. So we'll see how that all goes down. Uh, buffs and snuff segments return next week as a new season of Survivor hits our TVs every single Wednesday. Uh, so follow at Buffs and Snuffs on Twitter. Follow the main pod on Twitter at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we did just acquire uh, the Loaded Box podcast will now be the official fantasy football franchise on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network with Mikey and Pat Pitts. That is our new entity, so go follow at Loaded Box on Twitter. Uh, and they're going to be pumping out articles on a separate website hub, and they'll also come to our main website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com, as well. Uh, but Mikey's just been churning out articles left and right for dynasty purposes and a whole bunch of stuff. So go check out Loaded Box. Um, be sure to subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Once we get to 100 subscribers, full video episodes will go up on the YouTube channel. Uh, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on YouTube, twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI. And. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast feeds, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And uh, as always, 
Thank goodness for James Harden. Big shout out to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, Tomahawk Shades. Use promo code USP at checkout at TomahawkShades.com for 25% off your entire order from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. And Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com and use the Kenny Tracker to see who's got Kenwood Beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 408 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. And until next time, we are signing off. Peace.